Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Only Stupid Answers. That's what this is. That's what this is. This is what it will always be. Take it or leave it is what we got, baby. Mm-hmm. We only have each other. Um, so... Suck it up. <laughs> Welcome. This is the podcast where Sam and DJ. That's us. The two Bing Bong boys uh, talk about movies. Yes. TV shows. Yes. Video games. Yes. Uh, comic books. Yes. And we're joined every week by Winona. I can't get the mic down she to can't the dog. Get there. We have the dog in the studio. So please don't try to, don't make any sudden movements. Don't bring any snacks. If you have snacks, please leave them outside. We don't want to try to get her attracted to it. We're trying to get her on a new diet. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Don't. My. Uh, Excuse me. My dog is very healthy. Okay. Right. Well, then I'm going to give her a bunch of cheeses when I come over <laughs> hold next on, time. Hold on. <laughs> oh, if I'm allowed to, I'm going to start bringing I will, over candy. Listen, I will be honest. Cat, I've been told, little chunky. We're working on Your that. cat? Apparently, when we went to the vet, they're like, he's a little overweight. Then you like, you look a little fucking overweight. <laughs> and I slap him. No, we, we like we like our vet a lot. He's a good dude. Then you slap him across the tummy. He's yeah, yeah. feels really insecure. <laughs> Really mean, really. Yeah. He gave you a healthy uh, uh, piece yeah, of advice for your uh, pet, and yeah, you couldn't uh, take I, it. I took it personally. <laughs> um, What's the meanest thing you could do to him? <laughs> oh my gosh! How uh, is the cat? Cat's good. Cat's good. Cat's. You know, listen. I love the cat. Cat's a little piece of shit, but I love the cat. No, the cat. Cat's good. It's just like it's just like when we first got Winona. Uh, it, it gets into stuff, mm-hmm. and also depending on the situation. I mean, you saw when we got home for lunch. Sometimes the dog still gets into shit. <laughs> yeah, the dog still gets into shit too. So uh, you know, it's pets, uh, but they're cool, and they the two pets seem to like each other, uh, uh, and they like to uh, play wrestle. And whenever they play wrestle, a um, couple things. One, at least one of them is always having a good time. I cannot t- always tell which one it is, but at least one of them is always having a good time. Also, I guess because they like being around people, I somehow always end up in proximity of their little, their wrestling. And it's like, you all need to leave me out of this. I'm not, I don't need to be. I don't have the energy. Yeah. You you do guys do your thing, Chase. I do hope that like. Oh, this is why people have kids so they can take care of the pets. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and also like, I, I'm kind of hoping like the cat's younger so the cat has more energy. I'm kind of when they're chasing each other around the house that they're like, you know, where. The hope is that they wear each other out. I feel like it's not working that way. I feel like it just gets them more amped. Like they just keep building energy. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing, because I had two cats growing up, um, t- orange tabbies. Yes. You have an or- yes. Orange tabby. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, just automatically I like that cat more. Mm-hmm. It's only because I had them when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no other reason. Garfield, maybe. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, but George, mm-hmm. call him Jorge, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, was a little space cadet. Yeah. And he would always do classic cat thing of staring off into um, like a corner. Yeah. And you're like, stop it. Stop doing that. So it goes there. What you you're not doing anything wrong right now, but mm-hmm. I can't handle that. Yeah. So I thought that would be a way we could segue into the topic of this oh, conversation of this podcast where we're talking about Invisible Man. Yes. And to preface right now, dang, boys and girls, you're not getting spoilers because there's nothing to spoil in this movie. Mm-hmm. There is an Invisible Man. Yeah. yeah. Shocking. It's in the title. And it's you in the trailer. And at times you see him and then there's times you don't. 
Uh, yeah, no, there's uh, th- uh, th- that's all you need to know about that movie. We're just going to sing our praises of that film. Yeah, really uh, good. And it- dive into the history and some other uh, info about Invisible Man that you might not necessarily know. So yeah. you're about to learn some shit, dog. <laughs> Buckle up, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Sorry. Buckle up, Sorry. idiot. Which, by the way, like you can go see our review for Invisible Man at uh, youtube.com slash onlystupidanswers. Uh, but when we did that review, it was well before the Rotten Tomatoes. And right now it's sitting at a sweet 90% certified that's- Nice. Fresh. That's really nice. It's it, well earned. Yeah, it is well earned, and I, and it's. I hope it's doing well because it's um it's one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Really good, really entertaining. Um, leagues ahead of the, all that dark universe stuff, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Are you looking up the Whistlers? Were you? Looking I don't know what the whistle. It was popped up right there. Okay. I don't, I don't know what the Whistler. Uh, what is I think Whistlers? It's it's a uh, European uh, noir film. I've heard good things about. It. I'll probably check it out. At some point. Anyway. Yuck, there's no monsters in it. Yuck, don't want it. But before we dive into the Invisible Man and kind of the secret history um, and also the fact that the Invisible Man might actually be one of the first supervillains. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Because uh, it make, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into any of that, we'd always like to dive into what we're into this week. Sam, what are you into this week? Well, first I want to plug that we watched Clone Wars. Yes. Finally. Uh, uh, Patreon.com slash only stupid answers. We have polls that go up and you guys can actually vote on what we watch. I threw mm-hmm. in a couple of Disney Plus properties in there and you guys voted on Clone Wars. We watched, uh, I went to StarWars.com. Everyone and their mothers always recommended, mainly their mothers, have recommended yeah. watching it in Surprising chronological order. Amount of mothers. That, it's made for them uh it's made for everybody uh so we watched uh episode 216 first Mm -hmm. uh then 116 and then we watched the film with all of you guys and so that was really nice that we were able to watch that with you and we just did our full review of the film and what we've watched so far which is to be fair out of 123 episodes this is 27 27 this is a very small portion of the big pie yeah Small uh, sample size. But it is still the feature film, so it's worth focusing on for a second, mm-hmm. and I understand why it is not beloved by critics or audience members, because yeah. it's rough. We did enjoy the two other episodes we watched. Yes. That was the, I'm overall, overall angry, angry about this chronological order thing, I will, but it was to our benefit in this circumstance. And But it was cool to watch it with you guys, and it was something that you guys were very excited about. So Mondays, there will be polls going out, uh, yes. and this month we're focusing on Disney+. Plus. We might do it longer, who knows, because there's just a lot of content there that we all want to check out gargoyles high school musical the musical the muse series mm-hmm. sorry i no. could get stuck in a loop there <laughs> uh encore uh plenty of original films and uh like it'd be fun to kind of go just watch a bunch of shorts because yeah. there's a lot of really really good shorts in there did you know they just had a did you watch loop or have you, have you seen loop pop up on disney no. plus loop is the first pixar or disney property that the star is someone who's on the spectrum Oh, cool. Yeah, on the, on the autistic spectrum yeah. specifically. And the way they brought that to life was, uh, I thought they did a very, very good job. So that could be cool. kind of fun to watch that because um, I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. Uh, but yeah, that was the plug. And now I'm going to talk enough about the thing I'm very into this week. I'm currently working on a little side project with a buddy of mine. And uh, it had taken a page out of DJ's bu- uh, book. Um, uh, it could be a comic book. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's in the very early stages. But I thought just kind of reading up on as much as I could. So... Uh, Amy Dallin, friend of the show, because yeah. she has been on the show. <laughs> I was like, I had to think back. It was a long time ago, yeah. but she was on the we show. We should have her back. I, we should. Um, she recommended on social media Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. Yeah. And then... Uh, a very you, beloved yeah. uh, primer on, on creating comics and comics in general. When you look at it, the front cover has a quote from Neil Gaiman saying, you must read this book. Yeah. Uh, who wrote American Gods, Sandman, yeah. uh, Norse Mythology... Lots of or he wrote all of Norse mythology. Yeah. yeah, which, yeah. Uh, by the way, I've heard that his book, Norse Mythology, kicks ass. So yes. I would like to check that out. But um, 
And on the back, Alan Moore, uh, Art Spiegelman, Alison Bechtel, and uh, uh, Will Eisner. There's just mm. like be- every big name. Who are those people? I know, right? <laughs> Boo. Um, uh, it's not Scott Snyder. I'll tell you that much. Mm. It's not Zack Snyder. I'll tell you that much. Uh, where are where are the Snyder <laughs> boys? Um, I only read or watch a thing if it's the Snyder boy. Uh, Danny M in the chat saying understanding comics is great, and I highly recommend it as well. It is a deep dive into the history, the uh, cultivation of the comic book medium, and also a way to navigate it and understand it in a really just new way because there's yeah. a lot of it, it's a cool way of taking something that you vaguely understand just by context and then mm-hmm. uh someone who worked their ass off to like make it in, in, in an entertaining way explain to you the different ways you could utilize it the way that like japanese culture like really cultivated manga and how it was different from uh like american specific or european specific uh comic mediums because like for them there's uh scene to scenes they might actually spend time just showing scenic shots instead of showing action because well, I remember like Grant Morrison and Animal Man's like you have to have a certain amount of action yeah. in, in an issue uh, for it to sell and, and be profitable and mm-hmm. or, and also just in-house they have rules but in Japanese manga since these are usually collected into like thousand page stories yeah. you can spend the time to like really sit in a scene and, and figure out the emotional uh, temperature of the room based on what mm-hmm. they show you and I think that's really cool that you can do that uh, also uh, he has a full breakdown of the creative medium mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to illustration to uh, like literature yeah. and how where where it intersects and where it can they can diverge and where they can uh, change into the abstract it's very cool it's uh, it really uh, of course it makes you think because it's <laughs> this man's a lot smarter than me so I'm like well, I'm gonna have to think about <laughs> this but also when it comes to the way comics have changed over the years and it was also published in 1993 so he's very optimistic of how the next century could uh what it could do for comics yeah yeah. um but he does dive into like marvel and dc and he dives into like jack kirby and like how the and the use of color that issue is a a issue Mm -hmm. it's only nine chapters you can read it in one day it's a very short book but um if you are at all interested in cartoons the illustrated medium. Mm-hmm. Also, I'd say film too, because he has a very cool argument for what comics are. And defining comics is, uh, he found it more difficult than it you'd think. Yeah. Um, by trying to figure out exactly what makes comic comics comics. Uh, yeah. If you have a, a love for entertainment in general and storytelling, uh, Scott McCloud does an amazing job. And I know he has multiple books. And uh, yeah, it's it's. Wonderful. And so so please, check it out. And also, since we do like to give a shout-out to our uh, friends who like to read comics, they talk about it on our Discord or over at Patreon.com. I did want to give a shout-out to Giant Size X-Men with Emma Frost and Jean Grey. Yeah. Because Jean Grey's not wearing a skirt, and she's wearing a cool superhero outfit, because yeah. it makes me... F- She's an adult, yes. and uh, she does not doesn't need to be Marvel girl. She can just be yeah, Jean and especially since they're Im- implying a, a very adult relationship for her currently. Uh, making her look like adult, I think, is a positive thing. Uh, also, Sex Criminals issue twenty seven came mm-hmm. out. Very funny side story because they're kind of wrapping it up soon, and yeah. they they're kind of, they're getting into bigger plot points now. But they had a very funny side story where two of the characters are like hanging out together and they're in bed and then the uh, woman sees that the guy has a scar on his ankle and was like what's that and he's like oh it's when i was shot and like lays down and he's like excuse, excuse me <laughs> like it's it's a heightened story but that's not happened yeah. um and he tells a story that uh they were having gun safety training at a bank he was working at and the security guard was one of those guys who's like way too rat like he wanted to be a cop but maybe he failed at the exam yeah. and he accidentally shoots out of the holster and it it ricochets off the floor and bounces off of his ankle and he, <laughs> so the uh, Chip Zdarsky on art and his 
pacing for that mm-hmm. is I had to stifle laughter because I was I was laughing so hard at that book. That's so funny. Very good. That's really cool. Also, if you guys like Midsummer, check out the new X Men book because. Somebody watched that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then applied it to X Men. Uh, uh, I'm going to mention my transition. This isn't going to be what I'm into this week, but I do want to transition. I want to mention a book that I know you're not reading, but I do highly, highly recommend is the new Hellblazer that's part of the Sandman universe. I've heard very good things. Really like where they've placed the character because they. It's almost like the the way they've they've told the story. It's it's almost like. He's been gone since the series ended, and now he's back, and he's dealing with a modern world. And very specifically, uh, he's dealing with a, a young wizard that was active while he was gone. That's like a millennial vegan, uh, man bun wearing, super positive person that sees Constantine as like a, an idol and a hero. And of course, and Constantine, 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 he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, he's good at what he does, but, but he's, he is a piece of he's shit. He's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? And so that relationship, though, the things that they're, I, I like the way they're putting him in new contexts and new situations, and have the, having to have him deal with new things. And so he's not really changing. And it's it's a this fun balance of where like this, the comic doesn't shit on this this guy, this new guy. But in some way, in some ways, you're in Constantine's point where like, oh, this guy's a lot, and in some ways, you're the other guy's point where it's like, yeah, Constantine is also a lot. They're both a lot, you know what I mean? And they're doing fun stuff. They're, it's it's a really cool take on the character, and I, I've been really, really enjoying it. So if you get a chance to check that out, they just finished the first arc, so there'll probably be a collection of that shortly. Um, but I am genuinely, genuinely enjoying the direction that book is in. And tangent, we already talked about this off cam- off camera. Uh, just like dark, it's real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing real cool stuff there. But what I'm into this week is a better call Saul is back and that is great and i love it season five season five yeah and there's there's this is the second to last season and so things are and he's finally uh he is fully Saul now he is he's wearing the bright colored suits and there's just no like shimmy is gone he is Saul, and it's kind of great and like it's weird because it's like it's cool because it's a fun character but it's also like really sad because we know <laughs> we know how things go for this guy from here because you still get the the flash forwards, right? Yes. At the beginning of every season, there's a flash forward and oh. it's, it's mm-hmm. getting, it's getting bleaker. And he, and he calls the vacuum cleaner guy, Robert Forrester. And, and it was a nice little treat cause it's him and he shows up. And so it's a nice treat. Cause we thought El Camino was his last thing. But so this was probably, something. this was probably shot this like the same day. And it's so, and that's another bittersweet thing because it's great to see him, but it's also like really sad cause he's gone now and mm-hmm. he's not going to be in other things, but he's just such a great, presence like even he's just on the phone in this flash forward but it's such a like i love this guy he's so cool quick question yes uh do you know where he's staying well excuse me where do you know where he was he he got a new life yes somewhere else do you know where i want to say it's like nebraska i want to say it's like nebraska or uh, yeah i think it's omaha yeah 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 why i was just asking okay i thought you had you knew something uh because at the end of el camino we see jesse but what I don't care if I'm spoiling something. But you yeah. see that he's headed towards he's in Alaska. So I was wondering yes. where they ended up. Uh, um yeah, he's I guess in, he wouldn't send see. somebody to the same spot he sent somebody else. Yeah, probably not. Um da, 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 flash forward. Locate man, they even say it in the thing, and I should have this down somewhere. Uh yeah, I think it I think it's there. We'll we'll find out. Um but uh the other thing I wanted to mention is they did something very smart. Uh, it's cool. Just to, I really love the way this season's going. It's it's really like they introduced a character um, last season named uh, Lalo, who is 
a mentioned in one line in Saul's first appearance on Breaking Bad when they you've seen all Breaking Bad when they kidnap him and he's like wait are you guys with Lalo that's now a whole character in um, Better Call Saul and now we're starting to see how those two will intersect where Saul will will meet him um, and there's two specific characters uh, Nacho who's kind of part of the crime element and dealing with Gus and Kim who's who's um, Saul's significant other Jimmy's significant other and even though you know where Saul ends up, you're really on edge with these two characters because they're not a part of Breaking Bad. So it's like, I'm not so worried about like Kim dying. I'm worried about Saul like ruining her life unintentionally. So who, uh, what is the involvement of Vince Gilligan? Is he still showrunner for this? He's not the showrunner. Peter Gould, who created um, uh, the Saul character for Breaking Bad, is the showrunner. But mm-hmm. Vince Gilligan is a producer on it. He does direct episodes. I believe he also writes some episodes. Mm-hmm. He's he's still very involved. Good. He's still very hands on. But it is um, not necessarily his baby, as it were. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm excited for this season. So it would be next year would be the last season? Yes. Season six will be the last season, which kind of um, falls in line with um, how breaking – even though season five was – yeah, Omaha, Nebraska. You nailed it. Um, Even though – I said that offhand. Yeah, the flash forwards – Is Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. even though like it was like season five part one and season five part two for breaking bad mm-hmm. it ended up being 60 episodes this is going to end up being 60 episodes so it's a very similar place and it's just it's just nice and and i and i love a uh, better uh breaking bad and i'm not necessarily one of those people that are like better call souls better but because of the nature of its story and because these creators have grown since breaking bad it, it, it's there's more complexity to it it's a more it's a more complex evolution of a character than good person becomes bad person, mm-hmm. which even Breaking Bad is more complicated than that. The other thing that I thought they did was very smart is I watched this on the AMC app and I was like, oh, this first episode's two hours long. That's crazy. And it's not. They smuggled in the premiere of a new show uh, in that and the intro is so fucking good. I watched the whole episode of this premiere. It's called Dispatches from Elsewhere. Um, well, it I'm is a show. I did not hear about it until there was ads on the app for while I was watching AMC and there's this. It's created by Jason Siegel. Um, and, uh, from, uh, how I met your mother and, uh, Marshall. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And it's incredibly hard to describe. I will pull the premise from Wikipedia and see if that does a good job. Uh, the series filmed in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania follows quote, a group of ordinary people who stumble onto a puzzle hiding just behind the veil of everyday life. They will come to find that the mystery winds, winds far deeper than they ever imagined. The whole show is based around a documentary film called The Institute, which follows an alternate reality game that happened in San Francisco called the Jejun Institute. Um, and Jason Siegel, it, it stars Jason Siegel, um, Andre Benjamin, also known as Andre 3000, um, Eve Lindley, who is a newcomer, um, uh, Richard E. Grant, who kind of is the like mastermind behind the Jejun Institute and all this stuff and then Sally Field the cast is really good um, the writing by um, uh, Jason Siegel is really really good I will say for me it's a little bit too kitschy for like it's it really leans into the weird almost like a legion but without any of the stakes because mm-hmm. you don't know if, they, they they even say at the end of the episode like is it a game is it real is it a conspiracy like you don't know if any of it it might just be like in, like it is in the real world, an alternate reality game. Like, so it, it's harder to invest because there's no, it's all like, you know, 
how are these people going to grow as people? It's like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, but I don't know if it makes it like must-see TV. Um, but the intro specifically with Richard E. Grant, the way he he's kind of a little bit like Mr. Nobody and Doom Patrol where he's kind of an antagonist but also the, the narrator, the way he introduces the show is like A-plus real good. Uh, so I you, at least check it out and maybe way up your alley. I'm glad it is definitely unlike anything else I've seen on TV, which makes it worth recommending on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe go check that out if you are interested. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I highly recommend Invisible Man over all, all other things that are coming out in theaters right now. I mean, yeah. Birds of Prey is fun, but I think just overall Invisible Man was just it's so cool. It's really yes. it's something really special, and people know the Invisible Man story, but the way that they uh, lay one L and uh, the entire cast Elizabeth Moth Al- Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss That's Aldous true. Hodge Storm Reed and the rest of the cast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll stop there because I'm fucking it up already. Uh, the way that they're able to navigate this story is truly special, and I, I just think more people should see it. It was a very cool opportunity that Universal gave us. We were able to go to the Alamo Draft House, yeah. meet the director, and that was that's never happened before for other press screenings. So that was, I mean, I guess the guy who directed Underwater introduced it, but then he that, he ran the fuck out of there <laughs> fast after that movie. He started wait, water being sprayed on people. He's like, I nah, think I'm out. Yeah. Not, you, I had to shoot this movie. I don't yeah. need to be here for this. <laughs> we had to shoot this whole thing at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, yeah, so it was it was just a. Uh, a real treat and we, I have the poster at home and it's signed by the director same what does yours say uh, he mentions Upgrade because I mentioned I was a fan of Upgrade which was his past film which it dealt with like a cybernetic implant um, in a person but it's a really solid movie that unfortunately did not do very well this is and it was w- well praised it's just not a lot of people went and saw it I'm hoping uh, this movie is also well praised and I'm hoping more people go see it because I think uh, what Luminell's doing um, and his directing and the way he's um, crafting action scenes, I think like he could do some really, really cool stuff. Like I, I really with what he does with limited budgets, I'd like to see like one of the big boys just be like, well, here's all the money and just see what happens. Like if, you, if you said like Batman, like that'd be a cool he'd Batman, be a cool director to like, I, at least the action if he was like as a consulting yeah, uh, producer. Like the the you know, Marvel's getting ready to do stuff with like the X-Men and stuff like that. Moon like, Knight? Yeah, like Moon Knight. Yeah. Like and it blows my mind too, because he uh for those that don't know, he also co created Saw with James Wan, and of course James Wan did Aquaman. You know what I mean? So it's like he's Somebody call this guy. You know what I mean? Like a Deathstroke movie. They've been talking about doing that forever. You know what I mean? Because they were saying the director who did The Raid. Which would also be amazing. With his Gareth Evans. Yes. Yeah, because Gareth Edwards did Godzilla and uh, Rogue One. Yes. Yes. I think. Uh, But then that movie kind of... We got to get our Gareth's out. Kind of petered out a little bit. But could still be cool. Wouldn't mind it. Quick question. Talking about horror movies, did you see the Candyman trailer? Yeah. What did you think about it? I've never seen Candyman before, Neither have I. so I don't know. The I get the premise. I mean, I yeah. knew I got it as a kid watching the trailer for it at Blockbuster, where yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. say five times. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> did you Can't see the me. tweet? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, where it's you know that that Arnold meme where it's clenching his fist. Yeah, it's a hook. He's like when <laughs> Arthur, you only, Arthur. Arthur, sorry. When when you only say Candyman's name four times, and it's like the, the hook. hook. Yeah. Oh, funny. Um. The best one is when Chrissy Teigen did John John Legend because <laughs> no, he looks kind of like Arthur. Um, the, yeah, no, I uh, Candyman looks uh, like I, I have enough faith. Like Us, yeah. I didn't think it was a bad movie. I just think it got I think a little... it's a good movie. It's just you compare it to Get Out. It's yeah. Like, well, oh, yeah. And, um, but if the inner mechanic's already set up, mm-hmm. good to go. Also, the director, 
uh, I, I'm blanking on her name because uh, jo- uh, Jordan Peele did not direct it. He wrote and produced it. Yes. But uh, they found a young director who seems to have a very clear vision for what she wants in this. And also, yeah, yeah, I really like it a lot. Yes. And um, anytime he shows up and stuff. And so far, all the action and the blood and everything looks amazing. And the director's 29. Because she's a oh, that hurts a like fresh actually, out of fresh out of film school. Nia DaCosta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nia DaCosta. She's got a great, great good name. for her. God bless her. But uh, since she's younger than me, it hurt it it, it hurts but, my insides a lot. But good for her because yes. it's very much good for her because that's uh, super cool. And I I think I'm I'm excited enough with the famous people who are attached to it now. Mm-hmm. So I have the faith that like Yaya I. So far, I've liked everything he's been he's in. So good, or it's... I even Aquaman, where the movie for me was my favorite. Yeah, but he was really good in it, and yeah. he even didn't have that much to do in it besides the action, which could have just been all CG. I still yeah. liked him as that role. Yeah, same. I, I, um, I, he's a very impressive actor. He's a great in Watchmen, and I'm excited to see wherever he goes next. And I'm very grateful that his star just seems to be on the rise. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Good looking guy. He's got handsome boy, handsome boy, he's and a talented. handsome boy. Yeah. Hopefully, he can take down the Candyman or whatever the premise or is. He I don't. The candy man or he's the Candyman. Yeah. I don't really know what the Candyman is, but bees. <laughs> but but maybe bees. maybe before that movie comes out, we should watch the first one and see. see Tony co- Todd. <laughs> Tony Todd was the original Candyman, and he's in this movie. Great. Or maybe it's a voice. I don't know what. Who's to say? Uh, he does have a great voice. He does. But speaking of iconic horror characters, uh, Sam was just talking about um, the new Sandman movie. And, uh, or Sandman, Invisible Man. Sorry, Invisible Man. I was trying to read the chat at the same time that I was talking. I was trying to double task over here. And, uh, Invisible Man has an interesting history that we dived into a little bit. It was originally written by the story that all of the adaptions are based off of, and some degree or another. The concept of invisibility was created by H.G. Wells. And <laughs> no one ever thought of that yeah, before. It was written by. you couldn't see it. Yeah, exactly. It was invisible. Uh, the original Invisible Man was written by H.G. Wells in 1897. And Wells, of course, is known for The Time Machine, Island of Dr. Moreau, War of the Worlds, a bunch of other iconic classic sci fi. He's also. He makes Superman, so who cares? So who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, he's also kind of. Like, he's viewed as kind of like the father of modern science fiction, uh, along with Jules Verne. And L. Ron Hubbard. And, okay. Let's not. <laughs> you know what? Listen, this is a happy space, all right? You mean Isaac Asimov. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Gotcha. Oops. I uh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, bitch it. Uh, he's also known a little he's also known as a futurist, uh, and he was also a socialist and a pacifist. Just interesting fact. So anti-American. <laughs> Uh, Brian Aldiss <laughs> referred to him as the Shakespeare of science fiction, and Joseph Conrad uh, called him O realist of the fantastic because he liked to blend the mundane with the fantastic to kind of ground the supernatural elements more, which I find is actually just really effective. Anytime you can like make something, I think a lot of sci-fi stuff kind of loses sight of this where if you need to make it feel real and, and a lot of the real stuff is like not the coolest, like how do you get your coffee? Like that's, that's a part of the world you live in. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. And it makes the, the more abstract supernatural stuff more relatable because the rest of the world around it, around it is something that you can connect to like the in peter jackson's lord of the rings adaptations and stuff like that like you stay had go to pubs and the, you see the whole shire and you kind of know how the society lives and works you know what i mean tolkien went through the trouble of making i mean he was a linguist so that's <laughs> it helps but he made the languages and all that tactile stuff makes it feel more real ethan hawk yes Starred in the Time Machine. I think it was the 2003 version of it. Well, are you thinking about Ethan Hawke or Guy Pierce? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Guy Pierce was in the Oops, Time he Machine. Got me. 
Yeah, yeah. Thinking of 90s actors who disappeared a little bit in the early 2000s <laughs> and then came back and yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah. Guy Pierce. Yeah, yeah. Did you see it? No. Okay, so. I heard not great. Uh, uh, as a kid, it's very cool. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, uh, and as a, an adult watching it, and, and basically the back half of the movie, I think, is where it kind of gets bogged down because the mechanics of how the time machine works and the way, and also his time. H.G. Wells time machine does look actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but it, the whole purpose of it, if you don't think too hard, is that it can't move through space. It moves through time. So it mo- time moves around where you are. Yeah. So he gets to experience the future, and it just keeps popping up in like different things. Or you see like ice walls form up when the ice, a second ice age happens, and then it melts again. And like you see how the world changes. It's one of the coolest elements. And if you guys, besides invis- this Invisible Man, yeah. it's, I do recommend at least watching that sequence on YouTube from the time machine because nice. it, was, it was cool. It was very... It's very interesting. Also, there's a point where it's like it's a it's a force field bubble basically, and if you go outside of it, like I think he's holding a, fo- a photo of his love, like his beloved, yeah. accidentally drops it, it, falls out, and then it, you see it age really fast. Nice. That's definitely not used against the bad guy in the final climax, is it? Definitely not. <laughs> definitely definitely not. doesn't hang out halfway outside <laughs> yeah, and yeah, age yeah. really fast, but his arms don't. Yeah, definitely don't pull a last crusade on that one. Uh, Never heard of it, is what the time machine director said. Uh, but yeah, no, when it comes to H.G. Wells, there's been plenty of adaptations. Um, uh, you also. Of all his stuff. Of all of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was first familiar with The Invisible Man with Hollow Man. Classic. Uh, not that, like, that, uh, even the concept I've never thought of. Like, you can't see it? I don't Wait, understand. What? Uh, Hollow Man, for those who haven't uh, heard of it, it was early 2000s Kevin Bacon. Literally film. in 2000, directed by Paul Verhoeven, famous for uh, Robocop and Very Starship cool. Troopers. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just a team of scientists who are trying to turn things invisible because military budgets. Why not? Uh, and then the chemical process makes Kevin Bacon turn into a murderer slash rapist slash monster, basically. Mm-hmm. None of the other things did that. Yeah. Like, they turn a puppy invisible and a gorilla invisible. I did see the sequence where they're turning the gorilla visible again. That's the whole the whole problem, mm-hmm. is you gotta turn them invisible but then chemically, yeah. and then turning them not invisible yeah. again. Back to regular, <laughs> as it's explained, and uh, as those uh, scientists explain to them, and it's a cool sequence because it goes like through the skin to blood to muscle to uh, organs to yes skeletal, and then you're gone, uh-huh. which is kind of cool. It's the best you can do in the nineties. Mm-hmm. It's not looking like a Jurassic Park, but it looks okay. Yeah, it looks okay. I mean, definitely, uh, when I was watching clips of it, uh, looking this stuff up, it reminded me a lot of. Uh, it's like this movie I think it was the music specifically I was like oh this movie exists because Jurassic Park is a thing um, and uh, it, it was interesting how like at first it was like effects are, don't hold up but then you like you get it's, they're not bad and I think you know that's just what happens with effects like you just kind of like they're part of the texture of the movie like going back to the 1933 Invisible Man adaptation you know a lot of the effects are like really groundbreaking at the time and they're not now but they're fine and you appreciate like at the time I think it's because I think you're you're more forgiving of that stuff because you don't have you don't you didn't just plug it into a computer like you actually had to do things a lot of hand animation like yeah. that's why I think Gollum slash Smeagol you can correct me if you want to of it's from both. Lord of the Rings two and three yeah. is unbelievably impressive because that wasn't how anything is animated even video games that's not how they captured animation they had to have it's well worth checking out Corridor Crew's breakdown of it but yeah. basically they had Andy Serkis in a green in like a gray pajama yeah standing there then he went to a soundstage and recreated everything he did mm-hmm. and then they had to hand animate everything that they did so basically they just had him there for reference yeah that's it that's it the yeah end. the end yeah. Amen. 
And then Peter Jackson really figured it out more with Weta in King Kong, and that way it made it a little easier in The Hobbit. They were able to yeah. do more. But Smeagol is one of the coolest. And that's uh, why The Hobbit is the, the best out of all of those. The first Hobbit. Yeah, the first Hobbit is the best out of all of them. All, uh, every, all six of them. <laughs> By the way, there is a Hollow Man 2 starring Christian Slater. Classic. So you get two Hollow Men for the price of half of the budget of the first movie. And then uh, I think in that one, he actually takes on the name of the Invisible Man in the Hollow Man sequel, which is Griffin. I do want to point out, since we're talking about Hollow Man, uh, Verhoeven is actually quoted as saying, I decided after Hollow Man, this is, a, uh, this is a movie. The first movie that I made that I thought I should not have made. Uh, it made money and this and that, but it really is not me anymore. I think many other people could have done that. I don't think many people could have made Robocop of, that way. Or either Starship, uh, Starship Troopers. But Hollow Man, I thought there might have been 20 directors in Hollywood who could have done that. I felt depressed with myself after 2002. He shouldn't beat himself up too much. So he's not, he's not a big fan of Hollow Man. And that movie has a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I don't blame him. That's better than Clone Wars. That's <laughs> true. I mean, that's actually not saying a lot because I'm going to guess that Hollow Man cost a lot more to make. So the interesting thing about the original novella, The Invisible Man, uh, it follows Griffin. What I, what I find interesting about it is it follows a character named Griffin. And he's already invisible at the start of the thing. Like he checks in at, at a, like a motel hotel. Holiday in a, Inn. Exactly. In a small uh, uh, British town. And he's already got the like the trench coat and the bandages and the the fake nose. It's in the movie. It's in the book. I don't understand why you need the just bandage over the nose. It's, mm-hmm. you your nose, nose is still, still there. Yeah, it's still there. Anyway, By invisible. He has the fake nose and the glasses. Um, and then it's in. And then it just goes from there. And it's not until about halfway through the book that we find out what happened to him. And as as we go in, he's trying to uh, like recruit people to be his his Reinfeld, his henchman. Essentially, he runs into Thomas Marvel, who has a great name. Um, and, uh, who's a, who's a tramp, uh, in the parlance of the time. And uh, he tries to get him to be associate. Then he also runs into, uh, somebody he knew from medical school, Dr. Kemp, who tries to get to be associate and Kemp ends up like ratting him out to the cops. And then he gets beaten up. He gets beaten to death by a mob. Uh, it's the only way you can get him. Yeah. yeah, He gets beaten up by a mob. Uh, and apparently like his last words are like uh, begging for mercy. Uh, and Kemp tries to save him. But what I find interesting is in the book, and there's actually a really cool scene in the original 1933 movie that plays this as well. He specifically says to Kemp that his plan is to start a reign of terror, like robbing people and killing people and stuff like that. And I thought that was really interesting because I started thinking to myself, like, is this the, is this the first supervillain? Is this like, cause we're just, just starting to get into uh, science fiction. We're just starting to get into sci-fi. And obviously there's, there's characters like Frankenstein and I guess Dracula would probably be the first. And he's pretty old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, and also it's worth pointing out. It's definitely from the point of view of Bram Stoker's Dracula, where he's not the main character. It's the main character being held by Dracula. Yeah, he's very much a bad guy. He's a bad guy and he's got supernatural powers, which is what would would make you different from just a villain to like a supervillain. Yeah, actually the publication of Dracula is 1897. That's the same year as uh, The Invisible Man. And, but... It's worth pointing out the island of Dr. Moreau, which deals with a mad scientist on an island creating animal-human hybrids. That was the year before Invisible Man. There you go. Uh, worth pointing out also there's an Easter egg in the Invisible Man movie, thanks to our friends over at MDB. Uh, in the new one or in the, the 19- new In the new one. Yeah, yeah. There is a nod to the original design for the Invisible Man from H.G. Wells' book, also Hollow Man, also any other version of the Invisible Man movie. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> adaptation. It's when um, our main character, Cece, is in bed yeah. and the sheets are pulled off of her. And someone's taking photos of her. Yeah. Uh, and it, when she wakes up, she sees on there's a trench coat and a hat and like something else wrapped around a coat stand. Yeah. And that was the nod to 
that's the one way you can kind of hide it in there. And then um, there was also a nod to the bandages as well, which was our iconic. Classic. Uh, the first adaptation of the book was in 1933 with uh, the classic iconic Invisible Man. And what's interesting is that even back then you get that like Hollywood treatment because in the novel, Griffin's already kind of like a narcissistic sociopath before the serum. In the movie, suddenly he's got like a fiance and a backstory and he's a nice dude. But then the chemical uh, that turns him invisible makes him crazy. But also once he's crazy, he's way more off the rails. Like he's derailing trains. There's a there's a scene where they've got people like looking for him because it's the it's like 1930. It's 1933. So um, you've got people like a search party like looking for him and then one of them's by a cliff and he just shoves the guy over a cliff and then Pretty another good. guy was like what happened and then he sh- it's like in a video game where you're stealth mode you kill a guy and then you wait for a guy to look for the guy and then you kill that guy too that type of thing so it's How already like life works it, they're trying to make him more sympathetic while also like the evil stuff he does is like way more evil um so it's it's pretty cool it's from the same director um that did uh frankenstein which is one of my all-time favorite, like that and King Kong. You go back to some of those older movies. I think still hold up are still incredible, and I think a lot of the the there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a reason this guy's the Invisible Man is as iconic as it as he is, and I think part of that, and I want to know your thoughts on this, are because he is. It's not like Frankenstein's monster was like, oh, it's a bunch of parts and they're kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? Or like the Wolf Man, like I become a thing. Like this guy's just kind of a dick. <laughs> he's yeah, just, the supernatural thing is that he's just, he ha- doesn't get to be judged anymore. So he's choosing to be the base, whatever urge yeah. he has, he fully reacts to it. Yeah. Um, by the way, I do like there's. I don't think I need to watch this movie as an adult, but when I was a kid and I watched league of extraordinary gentlemen, mm. I enjoyed it. Yes. And I know that the addition of an American folk hero, people like didn't like it yeah. as a kid. I was like, Tom Oh, Sawyer, cool. no, Tom Sawyer, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he was a CIA an FBI agent, CIA agent, something like that. Sure. Uh, whatever version, because yeah, I don't like, think CIA was a thing then, but yeah, yeah I think yeah, maybe, yeah. But, uh, maybe it was FBI then, but, uh, in that the invisible man's really interesting. And I yeah. really like the take that they have on him, uh, because you think that he's the one who's the, Bad guy. It's very simple to think yeah. why he, the pervert, is the is think, the bad guy. I think he's he is the bad guy in the comic. Spoilers. That makes comics. sense. Yeah. Dorian Gray is the bad guy in the movie. Classic. Uh, which is which is pretty good because he's stealing like the DNA of all the bad monsters. So wait, hold on. What are your thoughts on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen overall? As like, I only have kid goggles on. Mm-hmm. It's like I think if I think about the first Rugrats movie, it's good. We yeah. watched the second one, it wasn't, and I don't want to watch the first <laughs> one now because I know it's it's not going to be good. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it's nothing special. It's like the, oh, it's like Van Helsing. I know it cannot be good if I go and watch that movie. I want to revisit Helsing, Van Helsing in a minute because we got we've got to we're talking about Invisible Man. We got to talk about Dark Universe, and it's like yeah, you were already going for that for Van Helsing. In fact, the tie-in comic to Van Helsing. He's he's dealing with the Invisible Man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it opens with uh, Hyde and Jekyll. Yeah, which was cool. Yes. I liked it. They, they're fighting in Notre Dame and dies, and then they blame Van Helsing. And what? It's also because they're so stupid. At the time, the Mummy movies were success, mm-hmm. and so they clearly. And it's like, well, then let's do all of the other monsters in this. Movie. Yeah, like well, we can't do individuals. Don't have enough time. Just yeah. shove them into this. this. Before, if this was coming out during the Marvel years, man, you know they would have done them. Danny M saying, "Yeah, Tom Story is a treasure." Yeah, I uh, and I refuse to rewatch. Uh, the league because I may, it may ruin it. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. But he also just asked us to revisit it. <laughs> we hey, gotta. I, you know, what? I'll check really quick to see where it's streaming. That's an easy uh, justwatch.com, By the way, is how you guys. can I also want to see while you're doing that. I'm going to look up what it looks like on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Again, not that Rotten Tomatoes is be, the, all, be all, all end all, but you know, it gives you a sense of how people react. Oh, 17%. Oh my God. Here's the here's the critics consensus. 
uh, to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Just ordinary. LXG is a great premise ruined by poor execution. If we got stars or DirecTV, it's on demand on DirecTV and, and stars. I guess we can't watch it. Yeah, um, yeah too bad. Well, you mentioned that um, with Invisible Man, like it's him without the idea of consequences. And uh, when I was researching this, apparently the novella was inspired by Perils of Invisibility. Uh, which was part of this, uh, the Bab Ballads, written by W.S. Gilbert. And it contains this verse. Old Peter vanished like a shot, but then his suit of clothes did not. It was also influenced by Plato's Republic, which discusses the Ring of Gyges. I think I'm pronouncing that right, which, was a, which is a mythological island that turns you invisible. And in the Republic, they uh, talk about the implications of that. If you could become invisible, would you maintain your moral stance because now there are no consequences and it looks like H.G. Wells' interpretation of that is no you wouldn't and I think you're kind of right and I think there's a reason with you talk about League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and the comic Um, in in the movie it's not the Griffin character. It's a different character that got Griffin's formula or whatever. In the comic, it is Griffin. And he's, he's like impregnated a bunch of women. Like he's out raping women and a hollow man. He goes and rapes a woman. That's what Van Helsing chose. That's what they went the, the, the story. The, um, uh, no, and gentlemen, I don't uh, know about Van, uh, Van Helsing. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he's going around impregnating women? Is yeah, that why he's part of the team? He's a, he's a rapist. Oh, you're talking about the, co- the Sorry, comic. Sorry, I'm now following Yeah, yeah. In the, in the comic, okay. he, he's that. In the That's movie, definitely not in the movie. In the PG-13 movie, I'm shocked. Uh, in, in Hollow Man, he's doing the same thing. Uh, and you and it's it's easy to see why, like, why this could be, like, an early prototype for the supervillain because it's so simple. The idea of, like, if the person's just invisible, like, honestly, though, even with today's technology, like, how do you... Stop that. Like, what do you do about that? Like, sure. You got to have heat sensing cameras like in Hollow Man. But they got to be in like the right. And also, where do you get those? Exactly. (laughs) What do you and I, if you and I were dealing, just as individuals, we're dealing with an invisible antagonist. Like, what do you do? Well, okay. So, well, infrared is an easier camera to go get. Okay. But you'd have to think about that. And you'd have to go get it and figure out a way to look at it directly. Because I'm pretty sure that night vision, uh, like on old camcorders, you could switch to night vision. I don't think that's infrared. I don't think Mm-mm. that the camera switches over and starts absorbing infrared light. Yeah. By the way, on the Wikipedia page for the Invisible Man book, yes. there's a fun note for scientific accuracy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that in 1913, there was an uh, exploration of how the Invisible Man becomes invisible, and it's that his body absorb, does not reflect light back. It absorbs the light, mm-hmm. So it's which is kind of a fun way. to That way, you're not seeing like warp things around them yeah also it doesn't matter yeah it, because how it works but this uh, someone pointed out that uh since the uh human eye absorbs incoming light it wouldn't be he would be blind basically yeah. and apparently uh th- there's also a rebuttal to this that in hg wells book there's a cat that becomes invisible but it, at night light reflects off its retinas and its eyes yeah. and i was like oh that's kind of cool but wait <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> wouldn't so that weird. a human do that too yeah, exactly and so, also they kind of touch on that in hollow man where he, the, no, the reason they touch on it is like, I can't close my eyes. It's like, you can, but they're invisible. Oh, but yeah, it still yeah, doesn't yeah. explain like what is receiving that. I like the way they work around this in um, the new movie. I won't, I, that feels like kind of a spoiler, so I won't go into that. But they the ex- do basically circumvent all of these problems. Yes. And I think the explanation, I mean, I, you know, like how, what, a hundred years from now, people will be like, well, what about that? You know what I mean? But I think for now, the, the type of movie that is the technology we have now, it's like that if it were to work, that's a reasonable approximation of what it could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it do also gets remember really- that in Hollow Man. I forgot that he's like, yeah, I can't blink anymore because mm-hmm. of 
Also, Superman right wouldn't it. be able to close his eyes too either. No, I mean, Superman he, doesn't need to sleep. He can he can turn that on and off. He's not always just seeing through stuff. You sure? We just see that in movies. We don't know if that's that's how it always is. We don't know the science behind it. Maybe he's just ignorant to where he's <laughs> like, oh wait, let me use my invi- uh, invisible ray. Oh, there it is. <laughs> he already it. knew. Um, he already knew. He already knew. He's already seeing all of it. Uh, there's also an interesting. Um, little hiccup in the invisible man movie the 1983 1933 one because at the end they they track him because they can see his footprints in the snow but in the book and in the movie he he's invisible but like his clothes are not Mm. um but the footprints are definitely like shoe prints even though he would definitely be naked that's another thing that i'm kind of glad that we circumvented in recent adaptations like the idea of him running around naked adds this extra layer of like Mm -hmm. and also it it with the basis of what this movie is about invisible man the 2020 mm-hmm. adaptation it already has to deal with like this woman on the run from an abusive ex so him being invisible adds another layer of like yep this is he's like a sexual predator yeah. fully like even though the char- the character is i don't really give a shit about accuracy when it comes to that so the way that they circumvent it in this it's um yeah. i think it i think yeah just go see the movie i was gonna say yeah. i was gonna give you a little piece that would to kind of help you out but kind of a fun thing for a majority of this movie you do not know who plays the invisible man if you watch any trailer for this movie <laughs> you do know who plays the invisible yes. man or air quote plays the invisible man it could yeah. have been just lay winnell who put on <laughs> uh green uh, morph suit and just ran around with it because yeah. that saves some money why not mm-hmm. uh but if you guys are fans of haunting of hill house uh which i highly recommend agree air quote invisible man is played by we believe it's the significant other of elizabeth moss's character cecilia so the uh significant other adrian is played by oliver jackson cohen yeah from uh haunting of hell house and i believe you can boys. say that it's is adrian griffin adrian griffin yeah and griffin's the name of the invisible man from the original Pretty novel cool. yeah, and i do think this movie does a really good job of keeping that that through line of this person independent of the invisibility is a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like it, the invisibility just exacerbates his piece of shitness. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I, I find that really, Oh, CC Cecilia is shortest for CC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So C. Oh, nice. Uh, Thanks, IMDb. Um, and so I like, I, I like that element. And I think it's something that makes invisible man compelling. And you can kind of see, I think the universal monsters, cause when people talk about the Universal Monsters, Universal made a lot of money off of characters like Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, Dracula, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Mummy, Phantom of the Opera. I think Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's in there too. Yeah, but wait, they throw one in there where you're like, wait, that's one? Wait, hold it may, on. It may have been Doc, uh, oh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. The Dog, Notre Dame. Like, wait a second. Just because he looks weird anyway. Yeah. Um, Monster. But, <laughs> um, but I think it also deals with kind of the stuff why superheroes are are popular too because there's that, that pathos with – with the ability comes the burden. You know what I mean? Like you're invisible, but also you're batshit crazy. You know what I mean? Like the the Frankenstein's monster. All of them are in some degree or another are tr- dealing with like what it means to be a person. You know what I mean? Uh, you look at the invisible man. It's dealing like what is if you got away consequ- the the threat of consequences. Are we all deep down monsters? Hmm. That's scary. That's inherently scary because then it says like. Wh- because you think about it, you'd like to think, well, I'd do good things. Like, well, if you were visible all the time, you'd slip up, man. Like, you because, because you'd be like, well, maybe just this one time, I'll do this one thing that's not a big deal. I'll mm-hmm. steal a stick of gum. That's all you need, man, because now you're invisible. There's no consequences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that's inherently a scary reflection 
aha ha reflection of, of <laughs> us. You know what I mean? Like, Wait, uh, I understand themes now. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Uh, By also, the way, uh, yes. sorry, continue with what your thought was. There, just uh, a couple other things that after that movie, uh, there's a ton of Invisible Man spinoffs, including Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man. Abbott and Costello also met Frankenstein, and I believe they met Dracula as well. I think they met Wolfman. They might have met Wolfman. They definitely met uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Abbott and Costello were thrown down with a lot of monsters. Uh, there's also been a lot of TV series that have a weird espionage angle. There was one in 1958, one in 1975, one called Gemini Man, and also in 1975, The Invisible Woman. Uh, there was a pilot. Uh, oh, The Invisible Woman had a pilot in 1983, and then there's a 2000 sci-fi series. So the, Which they try. I don't think that really went very far. It, but... years, so I mean, oh, it did. Yeah, oh, okay. so 2001 to 2000 to 2002. So. Amen. But that's, who's to say how many sci-fi original movies had to deal with invisible people? Well, and it's funny how all those shows are like, yeah, you know, the morality of like if you had no consequences, but also what if it was like fun and cool and you were doing like action things with mm-hmm. the invisibility? You know what I mean? That's the classic stuff. Uh, I did. Uh, I you know what? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, criticisms and things to glean from why Stanley and Jack Kirby chose to have. Sue Storm become the Invisible Woman and not any of the guys become <laughs> the Invisible Woman. I think there's uh, some genuine criticisms where it's like the only visible characters of the of the team are men, yeah. and that the other the one woman is you don't get to see. It's best if you're not seen and preferably not, not heard. heard because you can put a bubble around you. and We can't hear you once you're in there. You know, like there's some criticisms there, but also very happy that they did not give that to a man. Yeah. Where it's like Johnny Storm's character wasn't yeah. um, the Invisible Man, and she was like. Uh, and also there could be criticisms of her being the one that's on fire all the time where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, women and their emotions, yeah. you know? So th- there are plenty of criticisms, uh, vice versa. I'm just glad that none of the teammates of the Fantastic Four ended up being men with invisibility powers. Because also since Johnny Storm's character is the playboy, yeah. whatever, he would have done gross stuff. Well, especially since it was the 60s and would have just been that locker room stuff. Oh. Yeah, and he gets like kicked out of there. And yeah. it's like, the girls oh, like beat him so up a little funny. bit, but oh. it's, yeah, he doesn't learn anything. It's like, uh, what's his face from uh, uh, My Hero with the balls and everything. They yeah. treat it like it's a big joke. It's like, no, that guy's gross. Yeah. We need to get rid of him. He's, he's a pervert. He's a pervert and it's not funny. Um, I agree with all of that. And also like, it's one of the beauty of comics is that with all these creators coming in and adding new stuff, like, Invisible Woman's now basically the most powerful mm-hmm. out of all of them. It's uh, we've talked about in other shows. I've been enjoying Avengers Earth, Mi- Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes on Disney Plus, and Invisible Woman has a bit in there where it's like, oh, damn! Like she's really cool. There was one uh, comic where she, uh, I think, her kids get kidnapped, and there's like uh, someone they they try to interrogate, mm-hmm. and she just walks up and she makes their che- the bones and the skin on the front of their chest invisible, so mm-hmm. you can see their organs. And yeah. she start- the guy starts panicking because yeah. he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and he she starts just like threatening things that she could do. She's not going to do anything. She can't yeah. do anything. There's still skin and bone there. Yeah. But uh, it was one of these moments where I was like, "Fuck, she's scary as shit." Yeah. Also the. What she could do with force fields is, is uh, really limitless. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could do basically. She has telekinesis. Yeah, it's it's a really cool character, and I think you're right that it's in, uh, especially in hindsight. They, I don't know if they were thinking this then, no. but in hindsight, it's like, yeah, it's probably for the best. But it's worth mentioning that either way, you kind of there are bad things and good things, but overall, it was good. But that being said, that's Marvel Comics. There are plenty of invisible characters that pop up in other mediums as well like yeah. uh martian manhunters whole he can turn invisible yeah changes density it's also worth pointing out that it, the a lot of the description of invisible man reminds me a lot of specifically the depiction we've got recently but in general the character purple man in marvel comics mm-hmm. reading reading up about like the book and the original movie and all this stuff with invisible man remind me a lot of david Tennant's 
portrayal of Kilgrave and Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. where it's that like, what if you could get away with anything? It's like it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. That's what it, that person is a nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah, there should be stopped. Yeah, by all means necessary. So we do have. We love to take your guys' questions. We love it's only super answers. We like to answer his questions. And we've got a question here from Jake Hefner at Hefnerdy. Uh, if you were given the reins to restart the dark universe and were given an unlimited budget, what and how would you choose to do it? By the way, do you remember that Johnny Depp was the one who was cast as Invisible Man? Yeah, that's they did really, that Comic Con photo shoot for Entertainment Weekly. They sure did. Or Vanity Fair or something. It's really interesting to think about in the context of the movie you got. Mm-hmm. You think they ever considered like, hey man, you wanna? Uh, well, we talked to Director Leigh Winnell, mm-hmm. friend of the show, yeah. um, our best friend, our best friend. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be my wedding. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's we, your best man. We talked about. But I mean, if invisible. he's free, yeah. <laughs> we just leave him big space. Yeah. Um, uh, we we talked to him about like, did he think about stunt casting? Because yeah. you could do. It's like uh, Brad Pitt in Deadpool two, where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, Brad Pitt's in that movie, and he's invisible, and he's invisible. Spoilers for Deadpool two from two years ago, which is so funny. Yeah. Uh, it was a very good bit. Yeah, very good bit. Uh, so you could have stunt cast anybody. Yeah. Uh, like, it would have been crazy if you saw, like, Tom Cruise, because you're like, oh, wait, I kind of get Now <laughs> I kind of get the, what he's doing. That yeah. makes sense. Uh, so, like, it, it would have been fun if there was a stunt cast, but when it comes to Johnny Depp being the star of this movie, I don't know. There's so much... What if Johnny Depp was the Invisible Man and Amber Heard was the protagonist? Yeah, man, goddamn, that's such a big fucking mess, and it all seems bad. Yeah. Sorry for their kids. Yeah, <laughs> On a, sorry. For I don't you. think she had with kids with them, did she? No, but okay. they're, there's no way they're not they're not away from all of this mm-hmm. right now. The one who was in the, the Hoosers movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hosers. Yeah, yoga hosers. Thank you. There it is. Punch the microphone accidentally. Anyways, uh, I'm glad they didn't do that movie because yeah. we got this movie instead. Yes. And agreed. Uh, I think everyone's performances in this were uh, phenomenal. And uh, uh, what was the question? Uh, so I'll read the question again, but you did mention Brad Pitt and Deadpool and how we see him in that movie. And I, I do have to say that a big part of the Invisible Man stuff, especially the original book and the 1933 movie, is that when he dies, he becomes visible. And I don't think that makes any fucking sense. Nope. Because it's chemicals. <laughs> yeah. So it's, a, it's those blood stop coursing so that makes the that doesn't make any sense the chemicals are moving through the blood stop moving the blood stop invisibility whatever anyway this is star trek explanations for sci-fi stuff (laughs) like their their way of explaining sci-fi stuff is some of the best in tv uh so the question was from jake hafner if you were given the reins to restart the dark universe and were given an unlimited budget what and how would you choose to do it think about this yes let's ask yeah what and how let's ask jake hefner first so I'm not going to say anything back. Okay, fine. I'll take the reins, Jake. Thanks for writing in. Um, restarting it. Uh, there, well, there's a really cool tease for the, the future of the Invisible Man. Yes. Because it's a little nebulous. Mm-hmm. It's yes. a cool mantle that could go to other people. And that's, yes. the, that's also the pitch for the original Invisible Man, too. It's a, it's a formula that happens to one person. But you could technically do it to yes. anyone you wanted to. This in is fact, different. In fact, the original book has one of those classic like horror movie endings where uh, Marvel has the character Marvel has the formula, but because he's not a scientist, he doesn't quite understand it, but it's like, it's out. It's the classic horror movie, but like, oh, it could happen again. Mm-hmm. That's the good stuff. That's the really good stuff. Uh, I just thought of every sci-fi original movie because yep. every single one of them is <gasps> that way. Where it it's could like, again. Is it over? And then zoom in on something and it's like, <laughs> never. Nothing ever. Fuck, we should find, I don't know where they're going to, which streaming service is going to get all of those movies? The sci-fi uh app. Wait, it's Universal. NBC. Is NBC Universal owned sci-fi, right? Yeah. So Peacock. Thank God. Peacock. <laughs> Peacock. Uh restarting. Oh, Peacock. Cast cast your mind back. I don't think uh Avengers style 
Russell Crowe. Okay, if you guys didn't see The Mummy, Russell Crowe runs is like the Nick Fury of this world. He is Jekyll and Hyde, and he uses a formula not to turn into Hyde, which I did like that element of Jekyll and Hyde's character, that it's like a constant battle that he's having. His Mm -hmm. seems like every 15 fucking minutes, like I don't even know how he sleeps. That being said, uh, that, but take out the formula of him being the leader of it. I just like the mechanics of how his character worked. Yes. Now, wind it back. Originally Dark Universe, people were like, oh, uh, Dracula Untold wasn't supposed to be, and then they did reshoots where he was in present day, and that's what the tease was supposed Did to be. Did you see Dracula Untold? No, I read about it. Though. Oh, okay, I got it, got it, got it. For the thing. I was like, episode. are you the one? No, yeah, the, but it was originally supposed to be its own movie, and then they started to structure it to be a tie okay. movie. That didn't work. And then it didn't work, so they're like, oh, pretend that didn't happen. But I do And then think, we'll start again with The Mummy. This will be our winner. I do think starting with, uh, I don't think it needs to be present day, even though I do get the appeal of doing present day stuff. Yeah. Remember I, Frankenstein? The Aaron Eckhart. I remember that it exists. There you go. <laughs> well, that, that's the truth. Yeah. It does. Uh, but I do think it'd be fun to have period pieces with like new takes. I think that could yeah. be interesting. Uh, I think if you pulled from Bram Stoker's original Dracula story where it's from another person's point of view, similar to how the Invisible Man is not from the point of view of the Invisible Man. It's from the point of view of someone being tormented by that person. Yeah. So you're able to fully experience the terror of being around that person. Yeah. That's that's a fun element to it. Uh, I think doing it with Dracula and then kind of showing it through the centuries of how a person can... Basically, if you... What if you had the Invisible Man, but you allowed them to live forever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what, the, that's what Dracula is. And you allowed it to kind of live in that, and you're able to see the effect on history, the effect on people around them. Maybe there's a you can have Van Helsing being a part of the Dracula story, so yeah. it's someone who's hunting them, but uh, hunting them throughout history, because there could be a million vampires. You don't know. They just have to bite somebody. By Very, the way, I recommend the Dracula Netflix series from the creators of Sherlock. But is it long like the Sherlock episodes? I mean, it's, yeah, you talk, it's only three episodes that are like movie length. Yeah, but Steven Universe is 10 minute episodes. <laughs> Quibi is 12. <laughs> well, uh, then watch it in 12 minute increments, and then it's like a much longer show then for Then I come it. back and I don't remember what happened. <laughs> it's like a 12 minute episode with like a five minute recap of the previous episode. Very little music, I'm guessing. No. Musical numbers. Uh, yes, very little musical numbers. What's here's, the point? Here's my question. I like this idea of you, Dracula is your window through history to these other characters. Here's, I think, the, the big question I have with the whole concept of the Dark Universe. What are they supposed to do when you put them together? You, you uh, have one monster hunter who goes after him. The Van Helsing formula, I don't think, is a fully bad idea for a movie. I agree with you. I also um, don't think it's a bad idea. But you just got it's a it's a fine line to walk, mm-hmm. and there's a, a good level of camp, but also sincerity. Like either you make the character really compelling and interesting, or he bless you. Um, uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I don't have more to the thought because you sneeze the, snuck you it see, out. Sneeze stuck there, but but you get like because it's like so you, you're saying one good guy versus all the bad guys when they show up. Mm-hmm. But in Van Helsing, I think the problem may have been that you had one unifying bad guy that Dracula is pulling all these people together. But when that, when in your version, when Dracula be your Nick Fury, the guy pulling them all together. Oh, that's interesting. So, or do you think maybe pull the monsters together to fight a worse monster, but then it's just the Avengers. What if they fight the devil? I actually am not against that. Well, I do like the, what if they have to stop a nuclear Holocaust? Oh, snap. What if it's like aliens called the Chitari and then they've got the the one scene I'm bummed that they cut, cut out Endgame is when Rocket's like, 
what the Chitari? They're like the worst army. All you have to do is take out the mothership. It's like, well, we didn't know at the time. Uh, what if it was like, all right, Avengers assemble, and then the Dracula goes outside and immediately dies. <laughs> Fuck, we're one down. And he like so strong. You guys, he can fly. <laughs> he was our main guy. This fucking sucks. Because I like Also, Invisible idea. Man's just invisible. He's the strength <laughs> of a man. <laughs> I was also speaking of that. I was thinking about how Ant-Man is supposed to have the strength of his size, but then wouldn't also he have the weight if he has the strength of his normal size when he's small, wouldn't he also then have the weight of yeah, his size? But he has the strength. So he shouldn't be running on guns and stuff like he's small because he he just he'd be a two hundred pound man uh-huh. like sitting on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. I don't wanna I enjoy the first Ant-Man movie and I definitely enjoy how he's used in Civil War and Endgame and all that stuff. Uh so I don't want to get lost in the weeds on that. I like um, I really think one of the smartest uses, other than this Invisible Man, which is really good, the 2020 Invisible Man, I also have to give props to um, the 1990s Mummy movies because that was like, what if Mummy, but also Indiana Jones, which is like a slam dunk of a premise, like mm-hmm. just really great because then you're going back to the at the time that the original movie came out. We watched that those, last year. Yeah, it's, that was it's fun. a lot of fun. And uh, and I like the idea of Van Helsing because that's also set in a period piece and he's dealing with multiple monsters and you're tying it to Dracula. I actually like that. Especially Also, since, if you didn't make it present day, you'd have you'd fix a lot of problems. I think not making it present day is... I know, again, we talk, like you just said, the appeal of doing it present day. But I think part of the appeal of not doing present day is back in the time when, when there was still stuff to discover. Now you can just like go to Google Maps and be like, well, that island doesn't exist. What if, what if the lesson is that the real enemy is the uh, East India Trading Company? Okay, yeah, it was written be, in Belgium. And you're like, well, uh, you guys have actually, done way fucking worse things than Dracula? That actually, you mean that, that I eat? Wait, I'm sorry. I eat a few people. You've caused genocide. Yeah, you've caused genocide. Actually, I would watch the fuck out of a movie where a bunch of movie monsters take down the East India Trading yeah, Company. Like the, and also, you get like a full like, or you have like a. It'd be kind of cool to have a. What if a Van Helsing character was similar, in essence, to Christopher Columbus, except for everything, all the bad, actual bad things Christopher Columbus <laughs> did. But the idea of an explorer going to different lands and kind of setting up these trading partnerships with uh, different nations, and yeah. that way you experience different monsters oh from different areas like make the creature from black lagoon and it's specific like maybe the amazon the the amazon river or whatever you have mermaids but the scary ones exactly the ones you, you don't want to doink you have like cyclopses classic movie monster the cyclops from greek isles and then you could go to transylvania yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you could do like uh you can go to egypt yes get the mummies i think the way- werewolves transylvania yeah, I think a lot Frankenstein's of stuff. Are there Eastern too. European. Frankenstein's run around there too. <laughs> Just run around. Frankenstein's one of my all-time favorites. I think you can do some really cool stuff. And I think that, like Invisible Man, like how they translated Invisible Man to now in a really organic way. I think Frankenstein actually lends himself to that pretty right. well as well. It, we we can pitch good ideas, but let me pitch one bad idea for a Frankenstein yes, movie. Please, uh, it's a really bad take on stem cells, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we took all these stem cells from. Dead, dead people yeah, yeah. and we dead fetuses re- yeah and then we put them all together to 3d print yeah all, all these like loose understandings yeah. of what we things took are. a bunch of aborted fetuses and three and use them to use their stem cells to 3d print and wait they came back as the devil because if you didn't baptize the pigs they went straight to hell i played the um not assassin's creed dante's inferno game you did have to fight babies who died before they could be um Baptized? Baptized, so they went straight to hell. Wow. You had to, you had to take an axe. You had to take a scythe to them. 
Cool. They walked around with their placentas. <laughs> cool. There is a similar um, monster in, in The Witcher. It has nothing to do with baptism. But it's just like uh, uh, babies that died in the womb and come back as like ghosts and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's dealing with all the like uh, like Slavic and stuff. Like um, um, Sweden, all, all that folklore. Like you're starting to get into Germanic. Scandinavian. Scandinavian. Yeah. You're starting to get up into the Germanic Brothers Grimm like if you dive into those fables, like they're real fucking nightmares, yeah. like that shit. You know what I mean? That would be a fun one too, of having a point of view character. They did try to make a dark Grimm movie, yeah, the yeah. Brothers Grimm, yeah, yeah, or yeah. something like that. It's like Heath Ledger and uh, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon, I think. Yeah, I watched it as a kid, and it's there's a horse that swallows a girl whole, and it's that sounds scary, pretty fucking frightening. The no. CGI, I was like, wait, is it as scary as I thought? And I went and checked it out, and it's not. It doesn't look as good, mm-hmm. but I still had that. That that fear kind of came up a little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't even as much. You, you remember? You I remember this as a kid. But I do think I like the idea of of these characters showing up in different time periods. Like maybe Dracula could be back or could start in the time, um, like somewhere in the the eighteen hundreds. And the Invisible Man can be like nineteen thirty. And like you jump around in time. And then maybe like with characters like Dracula, it's pretty easy to have them be up till the modern day and and have them interact. And you maybe you could if if you did it. See, that's the thing, man. You tell me we get all the monsters together to take down East India Trading Company. I'm like, that could be cool. You tell like, oh, we need to take them to, we need the monsters to take down like Blackwater. I'm like, ooh, boo, lame. Mm-hmm. Like period stuff is just, it's just more interesting. And I think like Pirate, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies made a shit ton of money. Like you tell me you couldn't, and, and the original Mummy movie made a lot of money. I think that what you do is the Mummy movies took place in the 1930s. Like have one, if you want to make the mummy modern day like they did, you have it be a direct continuation of that. Mm. Like you acknowledge like those mummy movies happened. Those mummy movies you liked, they happened, but now it's now, you know what I mean? And now we're dealing with this thing now. And then we move forward from there. Yeah. That mummy came back all the time. Yeah, man. We couldn't get rid of him. Yeah. Scorpion yeah. King, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, bring him back as his scorpion. King as a scorpion, same CGI. Just fix don't the face. It. Don't fix any other parts. Make yeah. the face like hyper realistic, but it's still on like PlayStation One graphics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the good. Stuff. That's what nostalgia, that's sweet, man. That's, that's a sweet what spot. Kids want. Do you have a favorite, um, like, classic monster? Mm, werewolf, because I like the transformation. It's yeah. always cool. Uh, I mean, Draculas are cool. Not vampires, Draculas. Yeah, specifically Draculas. Uh, Drax. Um, and the Frankenstein's got its cool moments too, but it's more like, what is humanity? And you're like, boo, I don't want that. I want you to stake them. <laughs> stake them through the heart. Uh, and werewolves are cool because you can, eat. it's how people get creative with the transformations. Like yeah. if you, like American Werewolf in London, that one's really a really cool, cool one. Uh, Van Helsing has a cool idea mm-hmm. that when any thought is put on it, the idea fully melts away. Yeah. Where it's that you have to peel off your skin to get the werewolf out from the inside. Yeah. But since it's magic, it's like... I believe that's like a Hemlock Grove thing too. That, oh, got, the Netflix series? Yeah, maybe they got that from Van Helsing. It's a fun... Also, the way they do it, it's like a guy peeling his skin off and I'm like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and also, it's all magic, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, and always, it looks really painful. Yeah. It's cool. When are they all teens going to high school together? What? <laughs> Monster High. Uh-oh. The zombie kids from across town, they're going to play football? <laughs> not not with not one with the cool kids going to have something to say about it. When I was looking up um, Invisible Man, there's that uh, doll series, Monster High, like the monster, they're like Barbies, but they're monsters. And I guess there's like a book series with it. And there's a kid that's the invisible, and he's a boy, and they try to get him clothes that will make him visible, but it just doesn't work out. So I'm like, well, hold on. And it's like young adult like tween series with a bunch of monster girls. They've just got a boy running around naked. Like that's part of it. 
I decided not to think too much about it. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Yeah. We just moved on from there. Hey, they, different cultural things for invisible people. Yeah, exactly. You're born invisible, that's just how it works. Uh, <laughs> Danny has seen Dracula Untold. Danny, thank you. You've done a great service for yes. us. Yes. Fine to mediocre. That sounds about right. <laughs> man, Luke Evans, man, he's so close. Do you think... Um, he's so close to with, taking off. Without spoiling... Um, there was rumors he was going to be like Hercules in uh, Eternals. That'd be cool. It would be cool. Is he in it? I don't think so. No, the other guy. Yeah. Okay, I'm talking guy. about ready. Three, two, one. Richard, Richard Madden. Madden. <laughs> We're talking about the same person. Yeah. <laughs> he's in it, and he's the who got the I third. thought was Luke Evans in Game of Thrones before I watched. It. I was like, no, yeah, Luke Evans is in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Doesn't he? He looks like he is. I don't see the resemblance, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Let me bring it up. Let me bring it up. Um, do you think, um, without spoiling uh, the Invisible Man, do you think this could build towards some sort of crossover thing? This is Game of Thrones. One hundred percent, he looks like somebody that could be in Game of Thrones, but I don't think Richard Madden. That, that guy, is that sun- guy, could be Hercules. That he's sunburnt. Also, he's, he's wearing a speedo form. at a beach. I mean, we get it, listen, guy. Listen, if I looked like that, I would also wear a speedo at the beach. I don't, so I won't. <laughs> I don't, so I won't. <laughs> yeah. so you can't make. Do me. you think Invisible Man, could, the Invisible Man we got, mm. could build towards some sort of? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, no, and that's not in a bad way because it's like there's something special about this that's dealing with pertinent things when it comes to our culture now. The questions we're asking about ourselves and the way media has affected us yeah. and how we can improve ourselves. And then when you think of Frankenstein, it's like, what's, I mean, I can't say what's the take now because it's like hypercritical thing that doesn't exist, yeah. but it, the invisible man asks a lot of questions about what it means to be a, hum, a human and so mm-hmm. do all the other monsters. Yeah. But this one's a very clear one to deal with now when it's like vampires. It's like, mm, Twilight. Yeah. Twilight. that's all I can think about. Yeah. Again, the Dracula Netflix series does a good job with that. And I think with uh, uh, Frankenstein, you, it's a similar thing of like the limits of science and how we define humanity. Cause you could easily take the stitching together of the human body and do it with cloning. You know what I mean? Because like um, a lot of older generations do not support cloning a lot. They don't. No, no. And let me make sure I pick the words right. Yeah. Not that I support people going and cloning themselves. Yeah. They, uh, I remember trying to talk to my grandparents. Like, no, we don't talk about cloning. Yeah. I was like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and it was very clear that Dolly the sheep they got cloned is mm-hmm. basically like fuck that thing. They were very <laughs> anti that thing. Yeah, and I think you know, don't just say be that because I think like. Um, yeah, I think we've gotten to a point with like AI and movies. It's like, well, maybe, maybe calm down a little bit. Like maybe whatever. But I, I, I think there's a way to talk about what makes a person a person, just like the original Frankenstein novel did. But I think you're right in that with Invisible Man, like it's very, it's very it's scary, man. And the way it deals with that is scary. And if you were to do Dracula right, it would also be scary. And, and I think the second, like if you, if you made a Dracula movie in, with the same care as this Invisible Man and a Frankenstein with the same care as this Invisible Man and a Wolfman with the same care as this Invisible Man and they were all these like tense, taut thrillers that talk about stuff we're dealing with now and then you join them together and well, now it's silly. The second, they, the second they're all in a movie together, all, this, all these carefully... Uh, crafted horror films, horror thrillers are now a silly team-up movie. What, okay, here's two pitches. One, yeah. you do a uh, campsite thriller. You know the movie The Grey with Liam Neeson where he's out running yes. wolves? That, but it's a werewolf. But not like in A Frozen Tundra, you could just do a very small 
like he's in somebody's in somebody's story. In backyard, but, uh, uh, or more just like a camping thing where it's like someone's in the woods and they're trying to and they're being hunted by nature. It's more yeah. about a man versus nature story. There's yeah, something yeah. that you could get really sweet moments and beautiful moments in it, mm-hmm. uh, but also really terrifying ones because as soon everyone's afraid, we're all afraid of the woods at night. Literally yeah. every single human being on planet Earth, if you plop them in the middle of the woods at night, they would be afraid. I mean, the, the whole the witch is basically built around that primal fear. Mm-hmm. Every everybody's scared of that. Yeah, everyone's got a fear of the dark too. So mm-hmm. like, there's something there with like Dracula that you could kind of pull off of but i think if you threaded the needle right if it came to frankenstein uh and the idea of like okay how do you give it a brain and you did it modern day and you did it with like a machine learning ai the same way that those like twitter accounts that are a personality but all of a sudden they get corrupted by nazis immediately yeah and there's a there's a funny element there to it but if there was a question about ai when it came to creating a a, a functioning artificial human brain yeah there's something interesting there uh without it being that could still be like a monster movie yeah and it's exploring that's a really cool look at how the internet treats itself because there is a level of anonymity that allows people to act pretty pretty fucking awful and then having that downloaded into a human being and having them try to process what that means as a whole yeah. because they'd be extremely conflicted as a human being because they'd see all the bad stuff but they would see the good stuff and also the things that they would try to change in themselves and I don't know what would happen to it. Like yeah. it, you'd probably go crazy. Mm-hmm. Start murdering people because when you go crazy you, you start, start mur- killing. You start murdering people. Heads start a rolling. <laughs> Heads, you start a chopping. Uh I'd rather see a Freddy versus Jason movie before I saw a team up movie of this because that one's easy for me to understand. Yeah, when it's already silly dreams, you know what I mean. Like it's already like those, those especially by the point they they did that crossover, they were already silly. Like the superhero team up, like it, it it's a genre built for that. You know, if it, you take a bunch of horror movies and give them a team up, well now they're superheroes, and now so now it's not the same thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just I cannot conceive of a way where you can make really good horror thrillers and then have them merge together without it either being silly or being something different. What if, which you, is what the mummy was trying to, the Tom Cruise mummy thing was trying to make him into a superhero essentially. What if, okay, here's a pitch. Yeah. Okay. What if you take, uh, like have a, ser- take out the, forget the invisible man. Yeah. yeah. What if you had a, yeah, throw an, it in the trash, an element where one person is going up against all of these creatures in a more heightened scenario. Like what if I'm, I can't help me with this one and see if we can figure it out together. What if you made a movie where, like, somebody got trapped in a book or somebody got trapped in a video game or somebody got trapped somewhere where you could have all these characters interacting together and you don't really have to ask any questions because it's it's a place of fiction, yeah. but the threats are still real to the character who's going through all of them. Where you could have heightened... It's not saying anything pertinent like the, the Invisible Man is, but you could actually have all those characters interacting at, at, in one place. Like Monster Squad, where it's like a... It's classic. A high, classic Monster yeah. Squad. Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> That's not silly at all. I didn't hear that in The Invisible Man. No, that's what I'm saying yeah. is that it could be silly. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. where you don't have to deal with I think that's serious. true. Yeah, I think that's true. I just don't think that includes the Marvel like, movies this are... Invisible Man. No, exactly. Yeah, that's what, what I'm mean? saying. Yeah. Throw that away where it's like, this can be fine as is. Yeah. I can't think of a way to fit the other ones in here because it doesn't... Also, it, there's a big conversation about technology when it comes to The Invisible Man. Yeah. Uh, the most recent one. Well, and even then, even back in 1933, a big selling point was like how they did... Like, the, you're, you're t- basically, in that movie, you're talking about early green screen stuff. They had a guy put on the clothes in a black 
you know, basically what we call a morph suit today against the black screen. And then they cut out the black and now he's in the thing. Like that's basically early green screen technology. You know what I mean? It's really cool. Yeah. And so it's like, that's always been a conversation. It was a big part of hollow man was them playing around with the CG at the time. And what's cool about this new one is yes, it does have the CG, but it also, he said when we, when we talked to him after he talked about how he was using techniques that were applied on the original 1933 invisible man stuff that still works. So yeah, that's always a big conversation with the invisible man and and i think part of the appeal with that Mm -hmm. and the rest of them do kind of work in a bubble like there are modern day stories for some of those characters but a a lot of the mechanics stop working because of how the modern world works compared to medieval dark ages Mm -hmm. uh, europe yeah or uh turn of the century exploration in in egypt and other places where we're like how do these other people function and we usually were racist and came up with superstition about it classic there's no way these people in egypt could have built these pyramids it had to be aliens yeah that was a had to be had to be people can't let those go history channel sure shit can't let that no, go we just threw a bunch of human lives at that by That's the way how we made that did you see the news that uh, a man a flat earther built a rocket and died testing out the flat uh the rocket sorry they need to flat earthers build rockets sometimes so they can get above a certain horizon point so that they can see that the earth is flat mm-hmm. um so someone uh prominent flat earther did that and died and the science channel put out a big apollo a big like uh we're so sorry that he was beloved here at the science channel and the we're sorry to see him gone he had his own tv show testing flat earth theories um so there's that the science channel had a flat earth uh, tv show because they were exploiting uh that man <laughs> that that man with his uh, beliefs and, and instead of being the science channel, they were like, well, we got to be fair here. Everyone's got to have a platform. Oh my God. That's scarier than the goddamn wolf man. Yeah, man. I, I'm going to throw this out there though, before we wrap up, uh, give me a Dracula or a period piece, Dracula or Wolfman or Frankenstein directed by Robert Eggers. Who's directed the lighthouse and the witch. I like that. Yeah. Give that to me. Sing Blumhouse like, jump on that. Are all the monsters hiding in the hollow earth? <laughs> It's not a that's not a real conspiracy, right? The Godzilla Hollow Earth thing. Uh, um, I think that's just a Godzilla movie thing. That's like, but that's a thing people believed a long time ago. Okay, that they like monsters. We had monsters. Mm-hmm. Also, I think that's what they used to say about dinosaurs. Like Christians used to say about dinosaurs, where They're it's like Hollow Earth. Satan Whatever. put them there under. I, all the I earth. know is every time they mention one of those movies, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Although apparently, uh, the director of Kong versus Godzilla has been saying some positive things, so I'm excited to possibly see a trailer for that soon. And also, like, we don't have to question that movie. Yeah, where did how King Kong fight Godzilla? Godzilla can swim to him. Yeah, I mean, it's also. It's, but again, going back to that's already a little silly. Like they're not really horror movies. I don't know. Here's what I want to hear. I King want... Kong versus Dracula. Make it happen. Who do you think? Well, Dracula is super strong. Yeah, but King Kong is like 30 uh He's just gotten bigger, man. Tall. He's actually not that big in the original movie. No, he's, and he's still huge in that he's movie. Like two, he's like two stories tall. He's like 20 yeah. feet tall. And that's big enough, man. Yeah, like my cousin's that big. <laughs> People have grown a lot since the, the 1930s. Let us know. Tweet us. Let us know. Uh, how you think they could combine these characters into a big monster mash. Let's call it the monster mash. Blumhouse presents monster mash starring the invisible man. That'll remake um, monster squad. Yeah. But with this invisible man, <laughs> Oof. Oof, he was, uh, he was scary. This podcast does have everything. Danny. M. Yeah. I got even flatter with talk for a second. Uh, <laughs> Don't, but- it's not, it's not, it's not, you need to cut it the fuck out, man. <laughs> it's not, it's, we, it's not, which one? 
The flat earth, it's not. It's not <laughs> flat. It is round. Ice. Look at the moon. The moon is round. It is an orb. It's a curtain, and uh, God put it there. Anyways. <laughs> hey, you know what? We're talking about other real stuff like Invisible Men and Draculas. Uh, gang, we're going to need to know from you. If you were to pitch the Perfect Dark Universe movie, tell us. And then we're going to go pitch it to mm-hmm. Universal on your behalf. Yep. We live in L.A., and everyone outside of L.A. <laughs> thinks we can do that. Yep, we have those capabilities. Like, we don't have to spend $300 fucking dollars to go to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> That's an expensive fucking park. Anyways, Disney, uh, give us a shout if you want us to do any rides for you. Universal, you too. If you uh, Universal, I wouldn't mind a Universal Monsters ride. Throwing that out there. Universal Invisible Man ride. It'll save a lot of money on animatronics. You just have to walk into an empty room, and they're like, yeah, there are people in here. And you're like, what? <laughs> How many? And then they lock the door, and it's like, what, what, am, I, what am I doing in here? It's one of those black box uh, it, like those... fucking escape rooms, and something like hands are t- You had to sign a waiver, and you're being touched by hands. You're like, no, get me out of here. We watched Haunters. Yeah. The documentary on Netflix you can go watch about haunted houses. Very good. And it talks about those the evolution of those haunted houses that yeah. fuck with people. Yes. So you just make an invisible man right that does that mm-hmm. and you have to sign like crazy amount of waivers. Yes. Well, there's no safe words. <laughs> you don't get out of this one. I hate it. Yeah. yeah. That's bad. But what isn't bad is Invisible Man. It's got 90% Rotten Tomatoes. So who cares what these two ding-dongs say? Uh, the internet already voted, and they voted A+. Plus. Yep. Go watch that movie. Support this. Because regardless of how we've explored what the Dark Universe could look at, like now, there are plenty of talented writers and directors out there that could have... They might have the perfect pitch of a modern-day story like this. We just don't know yet. Absolutely. Or they're all teenagers at a high school just trying to graduate. Hey. And they join an acapella group. I can't wait. Wolfman would be good because he can howl. Yep. He got them pipes. And then uh, the vampire kid's actually like hundreds of years old, but he's still flirting on that with the high school girls. And you're like, wait, isn't that like really weird? Classic anime. Yeah. But, or be- Twilight. Be- <laughs> best flip on that yeah, yeah. is uh, what we do in the shadows. Because he's like, yeah, they kind of scared about the age, but it's because it's an 82-year-old dating <laughs> of someone four times her age. And they say, oh, well, I guess I'm robbing the cradle. Yeah. <laughs> That was the only time it was okay. Anyways, gang, let's let's hear your pitches for how all the monsters can make out with each other in one of these movies or Peacock original series. So please let us know. But until then, go ahead and check out patreon.com slash only stupid answers. We watch Clone Wars and we're making our way through it. We could watch more of it or you could vote on another series like Encore or Toy Story 4. Sorry, I kind of choked in my spit for just a second. Didn't want to make a big deal about it, but I did need to explain it. But please let us know over on the Patreon. The Follow Patreon. us on Twitter at Sam Basher. At DJ Talks Trash. At Only Stupid Answer. You got the balls from Stupid. Winona, any final thoughts? I don't know where your dog went. No. Oh, she's back there. Yeah, she's sound asleep. She's a good girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you good girl. When she wants to be. When she. <laughs> Sometimes she climbs on me. She's good. I know it's out of love, but she's just so much stronger than I am. <laughs> she's so much smaller than me, but she's so strong. She's very strong. She can push me down the stairs. <laughs> she could. And she just look. <laughs> she just be happy. Gang, uh, I hope you have a good Monday. Hope this uh, starts your week off right. Uh, Earth is round. We'll see you guys next time. Bye bye. Bye. Like an orb. It's a. It's a globe. Dummies. <laughs> Love you, bye.